0: Here's your host, Dane Carlson. Welcome back to the Econ Dev Show. Today, we're here with Chad Newell. He's the president of Area Development Partnership in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, and the co-author of a new book, The Journey, Successful Strategies and Techniques for Economic Developers. Chad, welcome to the show.
1: Good morning, Dane. I'm glad to be here with you today. How is it there in Hattiesburg this morning? It's actually a a beautiful day uh, in Hattiesburg, early June here, and we are so excited because we are hosting a regional baseball tournament. The University of Southern Mississippi uh, made it to a regional, and they are hosting here in the Berg, so we have baseball fever. We call it Baseburg this week. Baseburg, that's fantastic.
0: So for our listeners who aren't familiar with Hattiesburg or, or Mississippi in general, Can you give them a rough
1: idea of where Hattiesburg is and maybe um, what it's known for? Absolutely. Hattiesburg, Mississippi is a wonderful college town in the Gulf South, about an hour and 15 minutes north of the Gulf of Mexico in Southeast Mississippi. So we're less than two hours from New Orleans. We're less than two hours from Mobile, Alabama. And we're about an hour and a half south of Jackson, Mississippi, the capital of Mississippi. It's a very vibrant uh, college town with a diverse economy comprised of healthcare, education, military, manufacturing, and a big service sector base. So uh, a lot going on here and a fun, fun place to do economic development. And you've been with the area development partnership for about what, 11, 12 years now? I'm actually in year 13 now. De- December will be 13 years. And our organization is, of course, it's the Regional Chamber of Commerce and Economic Development uh, Agency wrapped under one umbrella. And we are in our 30th year. So we're celebrating the 30th year of the ADP. And uh, it's hard for me to believe that I've been leading it for 13, n- nearly half of the organization's existence. It's been a lot of fun. Sure. Sure. And- your would you classify yourself as an economic developer or a a chamber president probably quasi both i over the last 29 years dane my wife and i've been married 29 years uh, this year so i've been working for 29 years and i've had the privilege of working in the private sector like in retail development i've worked in the public sector i've worked for a mayor I've worked in these private nonprofit organizations, and that's what the ADP is. It's a 501 C six private nonprofit. So it's really, I've just been in a lot of organizational leadership positions in the different segments of the economy.
0: Sure. How does, since you're, you run both a a chamber of commerce and an economic development organization, how does that balance play out in the Chamber world, you, you promote your members and do things to benefit your dues-paying members. And in the economic development world, you're, you're bringing a new business and you're assisting the businesses that are already
1: there. So how does that tension work itself out for you? Good question. It really, I don't view it as tension. I just view it as a balancing act. You have to uh, make sure that you're taking care of your members first and foremost, for sure. And we have about 825 members ranging from mom and pop shops to multinational corporations. And we do an array of things from leadership programs like Leadership Pine Belt and Pine Belt Young Professionals. And we have networking, educational seminars, and we put on festivals uh, like HubFest and downtown Hattiesburg. And we do governmental affairs and military affairs. So we have an array of programs. And then in economic development, we have what I call community development and economic development under that umbrella. So we do, again, the military affairs, governmental affairs, but we do K-12 through educational initiatives. We have a small business lending program, SIMKIC, that helps get deals over the finish line that may not otherwise have gotten done with conventional financing. And then we do the traditional, help the existing companies expand And then we literally travel around the world proactively promoting the area to recruit new companies. To get back to answering the specific question, it really blends nicely here in our community. I always say that leadership matters over structure. So how your community leads in the public and private sector and how that comes together is more important than the exact structure of your organization. So you can be successful in a public entity in a private nonprofit in a purely private economic development agency, but we blend the two nicely here. And I would say what I've seen through the years, even in a community where the chamber separate from economic development, those two need to work collaboratively to help make the town grow and prosper. I don't think a town that has a chamber going off in one direction and economic development in another, and they never communicate and collaborate. I don't think that's a healthy environment.
0: I know that a number of our listeners are, are in situations in which they're the economic developer in a community with a very strong chamber of commerce. And there's this wall and you can see that, that I call it tension. You call it opportunity, but. I, I think that it's a real challenge. Those are
1: just a few thoughts related to that.
0: Especially when your chamber of commerce members are very defensive or inward focused, the they want to be protected. I think from new from new businesses coming into the community or other businesses expanding. It just. That I, I'm glad to have you on because I, I wasn't planning on asking you this question, but it just. You know it seem like the perfect opportunity and i've always wondered that like how that could actually play out so this is a hattiesburg is a great example
1: of a place where it's actually working good for you it, it takes uh, the collaboration and it takes a longevity and leadership mm-hmm. both in public private you you really nobody's an overnight success in in a community so hattiesburg again the adp has been in existence for 30 years so kudos to the community leaders back in 1992 They said, hey, we've got an economic development agency, we've got a chamber, they're both doing okay, neither are doing probably stellar, and so why don't we combine them, combine resources, and try to marshal the forces in in one direction. So sometimes it takes uh, community leaders really coming together and and to accentuate that change that's needed. So how did you get into economic development? Is this what you
0: uh, grew up wanting to do? Did you you know, when you were a child, were you imagining yourself
1: uh, recruiting businesses and assisting businesses or how did this? That's good. No, not really. I grew up in a small town in Mississippi in Meridian and, and wonderful parents, yet youngest of three, great two older sisters. But we didn't have a lot of financial resources, had love, but not a lot of financial resources. So I didn't, I didn't travel much. I didn't get outside of Mississippi much. It was that, that kind of childhood growing up and so I, I never envisioned that I would be traveling around the world meeting with heads of delegations and political governors and senators and congressmen and CEOs of companies. But hey, that's where I find myself. So the path started out. I. Got my undergrad in economics and as a lot of college students, you, you get a, you, you get your educational credentials and then you're like, got the economics degree, got married at 22. And then I was like, okay, I've got to start my career here. So my first job was at a place called the Center for Policy Research and Planning in Jackson, Mississippi, working for a PhD economist and from Yale and I <laughs> That was an eye opening experience. I was, I always joke with people and I say, Hey, if the state econometric model forecasting income and employment and whatnot in Mississippi is off in 1993, it's due to me because <laughs> she had me, uh, helping her with the econometric model and writing or research articles and array of things I quickly came to the realization, that is not exactly how I wanted to utilize my economics degree. Fortunately, a young lady back in 1993 who was on staff there at the Center for Policy Research and Planning said, Chad, you seem like a pretty personable guy. Why don't you get into economic development? They, they have a master's program in economic development at the University of Southern Mississippi in Hattiesburg. Why don't you go do that? And I was like, I'll look into it. And lo and behold, I moved to Hattiesburg in 1994 and entered the master's program in economic development. And at the time it was a two year kind of boots on the ground master's program. So my wife and I, she lived in Hattiesburg with me for a while. Then she was working elsewhere and we had weekend marriage, but anyway, young married couple struggles trying to make it all work. But so I ended up getting that master's in economic development. And then started out along this journey. That's one reason why the book's called The Journey, because we all have a journey in life. And in us my first job in pure economic development, <laughs> outside of the economic research I was doing in Jackson, was at the Mobile Chamber of Commerce. And so I was a project manager there in the mid nineties and business development director and and then I scooted up to Opelika, Alabama and near Auburn University and worked for a mayor, Barbara Patton. That was another great experience. And then Birmingham, Alabama came calling and said, hey, would you like to lead our economic development efforts? And I was executive vice president of a group called the Metropolitan Development Board, which was the uh, predecessor organization to what they have now, which is the Birmingham Business Alliance. And and I did that, worked with Ted Cannon and many folks there in Birmingham. And the thing is, you get all these experiences along the way, and then you try to utilize those in your current role. So then I decided, hey, I'm going to get out of pure economic development, and I'm going to go to work with a friend of mine in Nashville, Oldacre, and do retail development because I'd helped them put together a $100 million uh, shopping center, outdoor, open-air outdoor center in Opelika called Tigertown very fitting with Auburn university next door. Sure, And so I went to work with them in Nashville and doing retail development, shopping center development, and that was a lot of fun. But then there was something called the 2000 recession and right. retail development came to a screeching halt for those. I'm not sure what all of our listeners were doing in 2008, but if you were in retail development, you were in a bad place <laughs> and right. so Basically, I, my, my friend and I, Bill Oldacre and I talked and we're like, Hey, I, okay, I'm going to pivot out of this. And uh, you don't really need my services anymore, obviously. And uh came back home to Mississippi to lead the ADP. And so I looked at different job opportunities around the country at that time. And the best fit was really coming full circle back to Hattiesburg, where I'd started out in grad school and it's been a nice, and my, my wife, Jennifer, she said, basically, okay, now wherever we move next, I'm ready for the kids to be from somewhere. So we put down roots in Hattiesburg and we've been here 13 years and it's been a wonderful experience. It is interesting how it came completely full
0: circle. That's, you know, so often we, we move around, we take jobs at different places and you know, it is nice to finally have some place that your children can be from. So I appreciate that. And I'm sure our listeners do too. So. Let's talk about your book, The Journey, Successful Strategies and Techniques for Economic Developers. It is, uh, it's just came out, what, in
1: May, I think. Yeah, literally uh, hot off the press. Yeah, I think I have the, the very first edition here, you know, in my hand. <laughs> I think so. You reached out to me really early on, Dane. I think it, it literally just gotten out on Amazon. And, and so, yeah, it's been really cool. Identity. Yeah,
0: I think it wasn't even out yet when I found it, or I heard that it was going to come out and I, then I put a pre-order in and the moment it was published, I got a copy. So excellent. So awesome. you Thank co-authored you. this. You're welcome. You co-authored this with your co-author, Ho- Hiyo Dries, Dr. Hiyo Drees.
1: Who is Dr. Hiyo Dries and how do you know him? Okay. So, Hayo and I have known each other since our Alabama days. Hayo has, he is originally uh, from Hanover, Germany, and he now lives in Berlin. And, but he has lived in the States for 25 years. And where Hayo and I met was when I was in Birmingham doing economic development, Hayo was the European office director for the state of Alabama for the Alabama Development Office for Governor Bob Riley. And so we worked a lot on joint efforts and recruitment trips during my Alabama days. So Hayo was the European office director, I believe from 2003 until 2009. And uh, then he moved back uh, to Germany and he's now the CEO of the Berlin Institute of Supply Chain Management. And so what that translates into is he has a depth of expertise in automotive and aerospace, now agricultural. Uh, he's getting into the semiconductor industry. He does, he puts on these world-class conferences in Germany for different sectors of the economy. And he has a lot of, uh, breadth and depth of relationships with like chief procurement officers and CEOs and vice presidents and major corporations, uh, And he had established some of those back during his Alabama days when he was working uh, for the state of Alabama. And then he's nurtured those along the way there in Germany. So he does that. And then he and I also have uh, a good relationship and a business relationship too. He helps us with some business development activities in Europe. And so the book seems to be a
0: collection of anecdotes from both of you, I'd imagine. They're not labeled as to who wrote which one, but sometimes you can tell and other times I, I couldn't tell. But they're, it's a collection of anecdotes. Each are you know very short. You can you know read one in five minutes and they distill this lifetime of experience
1: and knowledge that you've both acquired. How do you describe the book? So it's very interesting. I, I would and let me tell you how the book came about, because Hayo is a very uh, driven <laughs> individual, let's say, uh, to typical German. But ha- last, a year or so ago, Hayo and Josip Tomasevic, who's the CPO for Agco, a very large publicly traded agricultural company. They produce Fent and Massey Ferguson and Challenger Brands, for example, on the agricultural side. They have a good relationship and Hayo does a Agritech conference uh, with Yosef. And they decided to do a book called the world is round. And basically it was on supply chain management during the pandemic and looking post pandemic and the localization of supply chains after the supply chain got rocked and shocked globally during the pandemic. And so really it was a compilation of different people writing about their expertise related to supply chain. With me being friends with Hyo said, Chad, why don't you write a chapter in the book on site selection? And I said, sure. Actually, I said, no, I don't have time for that. (laughs) <laughs> and he said, yeah, yes, you do. You have plenty of time for that. And so he, he insisted that I write the chapter. So finally I conceded and I wrote the chapter for the book that, that is, I feel like it's a pretty darn good site selection article in the world is round. So then after that got, they, we got that published the last year at some point. And so then Hayo said, Chad, now we're gonna write a book together on economic development and kind of chronicle some of our experiences, some that we've done individually, some where we were working together. And I said, Hayo, look, I barely had time to write the article. I, I really don't have time to work on a book. I've got a million things going on. He said, Okay, okay. Lo and behold, Dane, one day I in the mill in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, arrived a book. with, that was printed, found, had my picture and bio on the back. It was not called the journey. It was in real, really raw, raw form at that time. But Hayo had written an entire draft of the book. Oh my goodness. And so hi. And so I told my wife, Jennifer, I was, and of course we, Hio and I talked by phone and I was like, Hio, if you went and I told Jennifer, I said, if he went to this extent, I have no choice now, but to jump in here and, and right. edit. So Dane, I jumped in as time allowed last year. And I think last summer of summer of 21 kind of jumped in with the draft. He sent me the manuscript and I deleted and I added stories and I edited his stories and I, we sent things back and forth across the pond. <laughs> And Hayo has a relationship with a, a, publisher out in Texas with Agarita Press and we knew we could get the book published because Hayo has published a few books, including the world is round through the publisher in Texas. So long story short, then over the Christmas holidays and De- during December, Christmas holidays, new years, I had a uh-huh. fair amount of time off work here at the ADP and I really dove into it and I sent him a, a it wasn't a final edit, but I sent him in an edited manuscript at about 11 30 PM on new year's eve of 2021. That yeah, that's what wow. I do on my new year's eve. <laughs> what an enthralling lifestyle. So we okay. got that to him and then we fine tuned it and we, what we were trying to do was really a race to get it published before I made the journey back to uh, Germany in May of 2022, just last month, I was back over okay. there. So we got it published in May and let's be honest, it probably still uh, had a few typos here and there. And so the beautiful thing about digital publishing on Amazon that I was not aware of is that we can always upload changes. So Dane, the copy that you have is a a little bit more of a raw version than the one that I have in my, you know, hand this morning. So we have uploaded some digital edits. And so the next, when someone now orders it, will it'll be more, a little bit more of a fine tuned corrected version. But so I'm, we're just learning along the way here, but it's been a good experience. Wow. I didn't realize That's interesting. Yes. My copy does have
0: a few typos, but it's nothing that would stop someone from reading. I think it's a, it's an excellent book. Wow. I didn't realize that he dropped this entire book in your lap. There's no greater incentive to finish a book, then here, here's the book. It's already written. Let's just fix it now. So much of writing. So what makes writing so hard is this sitting down with a blank sheet of paper or a blank screen and typing those first few words. But because once you have a whole bunch of words, it's really
1: much easier to go through and edit and
0: add a little bit. That, wow. Yeah. The key is we, making
1: sure you have a good relationship with your co-author.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Sure. Because right. o-
1: otherwise, feelings could be hurt at times because we may say, Hey, let's delete this whole chapter. Or let's let, if you don't mind, I'm going to modify this entire paragraph. And so, Hyo right. and I have known each other long enough where no hard feelings with edits and giving feedback back and forth. But the book, Dane, is really twofold. It's intended, number one, to encourage young people who may be in business school or some other curriculum to even know about the field of economic development so that there are a lot of people sitting in business schools around the country, around the world today that are thinking, when I graduate, what am I going to do exactly? And the intent, one intent of this book is to let them know about this great, big, giant field of economic development and that they can live anywhere in the world and work in a wide variety of economic development agencies could be public sector, private sector, utilities, private sector, companies doing real estate site selection, work for a consulting firm, work for a state. it's just, and you can literally target. You could say, Hey, I want to live in South Florida. I'm going to target entities in South Florida. And there are such few qualified young economic development folks getting into the field that you can really write your own ticket in this field. If you are sharp, diligent, good character, great work ethic, personable, you can really do well in this field. And so I wish more, that's one of the reasons I wrote the book with Hayo. I want more young people to know about the profession and get excited about it and enter the field. The second reason we wrote the book is because, Dane, hi and I really feel like there are a lot of young practitioners that are in the field, but are not fully utilizing their capability or their community's capability. And it's to broaden their horizons and let them know that in economic development, yes, you literally can do international development. You don't, just some economic developers are like, hey, my role is to go meet with site selection consultants. Okay. But let's be honest, probably two thirds of your projects in your portfolio come either directly from companies that you've generated a lead or it's proactive, reactive, whatever the case may be. But in, I love working with all of the site selection consultants and they do a marvelous job and usually when you do work with them, they have great clients. So that, but you have to be able to go generate your own projects. And represent your community, your region, your state as effectively as possible. So this second component of the book or the second reasoning behind the book was to let economic development practitioners know that, man, if you get in the right place with the right uh, financial structure, you can really spread your wings and do things that you might not have thought were possible.
0: Yeah, I guess that's why you call economic development the the most exciting job in the world, because you really can do all of these things. Even if you're representing a relatively small community in the middle of, you know, nowhere, basically, you can go out there and find those projects yourself.
1: Yeah, a great example of that, Dane, is years ago when I was in the small town of Opalike, Alabama, right along Interstate 85 between Montgomery and Atlanta, we had a small town But we had a big town vision. We said, we are going to, we said, basically, Hartsfield International Airport is going to be our local airport. It's an hour from Opelika. We said, Auburn University, world-class research university is right next door. We're going to leverage it to the hill. We said, Hey, we're missing retail here in the community. We're going to go find a developer and work with a developer. And lo and behold, we did a hundred million dollar Tiger Town development. And then we started a 1900 acre industrial park from, we bought it for $10.3 million. And today, if you go to the Northeast Opelike Industrial Park, it has literally billions in CapEx and thousands of jobs. So it's just a good example that don't let the size of your town hinder the size of your, you just get out there and do the best you can. And you'll be shocked at what you may be able to accomplish. We've done that in Hattiesburg, literally in Hattiesburg in the last 13 years, We've announced billions of dollars with a B in CapEx and thousands of jobs. And in 2020, in the heart of the pandemic, we were named by 24-7 Wall Street as the second fastest job growth area percentage-wise in the country. (laughs) And, you know, Little Hattiesburg. So you can do great things. And that's a a good example of what we did in the book. It's to let people know that, as John Maxwell would say, we all have a leadership lid. But keep trying to raise your lid. Don't be stuck underneath your current lid. Just make sure you're continuing to try to grow personally so you can flourish professionally.
0: That's all excellent advice. And I think your book is full of excellent advice. There's a chapter close to the very beginning that talks about you need to fit in to stand out. And I thought, oh, that that is excellent advice for so many young people, especially because you don't know when you're just starting out how it is to, to walk that tightrope between fitting in and standing out. And you talk about you need to to fit in completely 100% until you make your presentation and then you stand out. So the rest of the time, you need to, you need to look like everybody else. You need to sound like everybody else. And then when you make your presentation, that's your opportunity to stand out. So don't come in with your purple hair, but instead come in looking like everybody else and then Have the purple hair be your presentation. Those kinds of things in the book were excellent. And I think young people, especially in the field and outside the field, can learn a lot from it.
1: Yeah, one one tagline that I always use is professionalism transcends all cultures. And what I mean Mm. by that is some people in the States are intimidated when they're working with Asian companies or European companies or companies from around the globe. Don't be intimidated. As my dad used to say, they put their pants on one leg at a time, just like you do. (laughs) So you just need to get to know people. If you help them meet their bottom line business goals and objectives, and they realize that you can be a partner to help them accomplish their goals, dreams, and aspirations, then all of a sudden they become comfortable with you. And then you can get to know them personally even and build relationships outside of the business uh, side. So first focus on being a consummate professional on the business side of the equation. Help know those site selection factors inside and out. Make sure that you're not just a salesman, but you're a consultant for them. And you are really trying to help them do everything that they want to accomplish. If you do that, They will become very comfortable with you. They relaxed and lo and behold, you'll win more than your fair share of projects. And then you'll also build some good lifelong relationships in the process. Excellent advice, Chad. If
0: any of our listeners would like to reach out to you for maybe some advice, maybe to ask for your help, maybe to get your opinion on something, what would be the best way for them to do that?
1: Yeah. Hey, I'm very active on certain social media platforms. I am limit myself to two. I am on LinkedIn and I'm on Twitter. So you can find me, anyone in the world can find me on Twitter or LinkedIn. Pretty active with business related posts. Also post a little bit personally in there. And that's one good. Certainly my email address is c.newell, N-E-W-E-L-L at t h e a d p. dot pcom And so you can uh, send me an email and it let me know what you're interested in discussing and learning more about. And then as I have time, I will definitely get back with you and we can schedule a call, a Zoom, whatever. Hey, I'm about three decades into uh, my professional career. And so I'm really laser focused on giving back to others and to the profession. I'm not trying to climb any ladders. I've climbed ladders. I've done great things. We're still accomplishing great things here in Hattiesburg, but I'm really more into helping people now. And so I want to make sure that we we can help young people navigate through their journey so that they can really grow and prosper and do wonderful things.
0: Well, Chad, this has been phenomenal. You've been a great guest. I hope that Many of our listeners take you up on this offer and I hope some of them buy your book. It's an excellent read. I think there's a number of great anecdotes and stories and ideas and inspiration in there. And I think that I'm glad you wrote it. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I'm glad you wrote this book because it's not a sales pitch for yourself. It's not, here's a rehash of everything you can find online or you've heard in your courses. It is your real life economic development experience distilled over all of the years that you've had and it, it does really describe the exciting life that you can
1: have as an economic developer. So thank you so much. It, we can never forget that it's an art and a science and certainly learn the science of economic development and know the site selection factors inside and out. And we're a jack of all trades, master of none in this field, but then never forget about the art and the relational relationship side of the business. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Chad. I enjoyed it. Thank you, Dane. You've been
0: listening to the Econ Dev Show with Dane Carlson. If you're an economic developer who never stops learning, for more expert strategies, fresh insights, and new ideas to take your career, organization, and your community to the next level, visit us on the web at econdevshow.com.